So then you set it up with the price. Here's package A, B, and C. Here's the pricing we we would charge for this in your kitchen. Now, through the end of the month, we're going to offer X percent off of this if we get your approval by the end of the month. And that way, what you've done is everybody loves a discount. I don't care how small it is to know that they're being treated favorably. Today, we're talking about sales with Brian Robinson, and he must be an amazing salesperson because he has eight kids. Just saying. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, Darla John Wick Powell, and I'm joined by my ginger co-host, Natalie Ho-Ho Graff. Oh, hello, Ho-Ho. I like the Ho-Ho, thank you. How are you doing, Ho-Ho? I can't complain, Ho-Ho. Ho-Ho, Natalie, Christmas is next week. I am. Isn't well, it? Or in a week. In a week. I'm well aware of when Christmas is, yes. John freaking Wick, action figure. Natalie, I did a poll on the Wingnut Social Instagram page, and everybody Everybody. With the exception of one person said you should buy me the John Wick action figure for Christmas. And you know who the only person was who voted no? It was probably me. It was you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm aware of this because I just cannot wrap my Amish brain around a tiny little action figure that looks like John Wick that's $275. But the thing is, is you don't have to wrap your mind around it. You don't have to enjoy no, it. It's but not my a gift wallet for you. Has to go like it has to come out of my wallet. Listen, I don't. I can't justify spending two hundred seventy five dollars on a butter churn either. But if you wanted it, I would get it for you. I don't need a butter churn. I already have one. <laughs> I'm Amish. Remember, we have those things. Oh. Actually, my mother really seriously has one. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that thing is. I'm going to have to look. You know, I remember when I was in kindergarten, my teacher, Mrs. Gibson, brought in a butter churn, and we actually made homemade butter in class, and it was delicious. That was a re- that was a really good memory. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about Christmas a little bit and the decorations. Decor- the ones that you're not doing? God, we're so yes, over it. You, I know. I was reading a, a Facebook group the other day, and a, a designer got on there and said, am I the only designer who does not like decorating for the holidays? And I'm like, nope. But I was surprised. There was actually a surprising amount of people that chimed in and said, no, I'm not into it either. <laughs> it's kind of like the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Yes, I am actually supposed to work Christmas Day. I am not 100% certain I'm going to get that day off, so there's no reason to decorate. I'm not going to be home. Uh, Yeah, it's just a pain in the ass. I think the biggest pain is putting the decorations away. And I would like to say the reason that's the biggest pain, because I have two that are in my household that really wants to decorate, really wants to decorate, but then they're too lazy to help put anything away. (laughs) We don't really want to do any of the work. I know, you don't. I know, I know. We just want to look at the pretty but not do any of the work. Okay, Natalie, today we're on our sales kick. Remember that excellent? Oh, yes. Yes. I used three of the things already that uh, Nikki Roush. Really? Yep. Okay, talk about that a little bit. Because if you guys did not hear the episode we had on sales with Nikki Roush, such a great episode. Go to the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast and check that out. Some very helpful techniques here. And Natalie, I'm telling you, her eyes lit up like light bulbs. Like and Christmas lights. And she used some of the sales techniques. So just just real quick before we get into our so interview. Uh-huh. Real quick, what I did is I took her advice about a closing the loop email and I sent a client the closing the loop email and 
I was just, I felt very good after I did it because I was like, you know what? I closed it. I put the ball in her court. I gave her also two options of times of when I was available to chat. Mm -hmm. And I got, I was okay with that. I saw that also you followed up with another client. And I had a consultation a couple weeks ago and I made sure while I was there on the consultation to go ahead and schedule my follow-up call. Oh, and you did? I did. Oh, good and for then, you. Let's see. What else did I do that Nikki told me I had to do? She told me to do something else. Okay. Well, while you're thinking of that, let's talk a little bit about today's episode and my obsession now with sales technique, because you know, I like to work on my weak points, which I have quite a few, but this is definitely a big one. So I thought we could get some more expert sales help with from Brian Robinson. And uh, here's a fun fact about Brian. Brian has eight kids. So I figure he must be very persuasive. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he also has a book, which Darla has already gotten and listened to. This, gotten. Is gotten. that correct English? It's Amish English. I don't, th- I don't think Jerry Cerruti would have no. gotten. Gotten. Is that even a word? I don't even know. Gotten. Yeah, he does. He the has sell- a- The selling formula. The He's- selling formula. I already downloaded that from Audible today. I know. And I have I know. to tell you one thing about Brian, Natalie. You have not met him audibly yet because you did not hear a part of the book, but he has a lovely voice. Oh, okay. Really, it's really dreamy. Well, let's give him the bio. Okay, so guys, let me tell you a little bit more about Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is a sales and marketing expert, best-selling author, and coach. He has worked for some of the best-known companies in the world, including Coca-Cola, USA, and Johnson & Johnson. Johnson! Remember that from (laughs) from Austin Powers' movie? He has over two decades of in-the-trenches, battle-tested, face-to-face, and phone presentation experience that can benefit virtually anyone, from Fortune 500 companies to entrepreneurial ventures. Brian is the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, The Selling Formula, Five Steps for Instant Sales Improvement. Brian and his wife, Cindy, reside in Oklahoma City area and have, like I said, eight freaking children. (laughs) Wingnuts help me in welcoming Brian Robinson to the podcast. Hey there, Brian Robinson. Welcome to the Wingnuts Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am so good. How are you? I am doing excellent. And I know you're good because you have eight kids. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't you know, imagine. I've got this twitch in my head. I keep shaking. I don't know what that's about. But. <laughs> I'm sure it's unrelated. Uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because off air, I was telling Natalie, say, hey, kids, my gosh, that's quite, that's, that's a lot of work. And I was wondering, I wonder if any of them are twins. At least that would cut down a little bit. <laughs> and yeah, you do have one set of twins. So it's like seven, seven times at the plate there. Yes, so, that's right. right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Brian, we as interior designers, we are starting to realize how important sales and sales techniques are for us in closing our clients and getting making more money in this industry. It's a service industry, and a lot of our designers listening really want to appeal to higher-end clients, but just generally, we want to make money. We want to have these people sign up for our services, and we did just do an episode with Nikki Roush, who had some terrific sales techniques for us. We want to, we want to add to that and see what you have to add to the conversation, because I really want to drive it home to our listeners that you can't just be a pretty face and go in there and have, you know, pretty design aesthetic. You have to be able to sell your services mm-hmm. or yourself or yourself as yeah. Natalie likes to do I in like her spare say, time. You know, sell yourself. It's more fun. It makes it more exciting. <laughs> so let, let's dig in. T- TMI. So, TMI. I know that is a little TMI. Sorry, but. That's the alternative name of our podcast. That's <laughs> the, TMI. That's the, that's the alt text. Welcome to the TMI podcast. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. Let's put that. Let's, let's think about that one. <laughs> And we're sidetracked. Go ahead, Darla. Okay, so and this is a service industry, although we do sell things, too. We sell furnishings. We sell rugs. We sell all 
subcontractor services, I guess. Yeah, any of so that. tell us, is, is there any difference in your approach to a sales technique for someone who sells widgets than someone in our situation? I don't know that there is, actually. I think one of the things that springs to mind here that um, it's kind of a velvet glove approach to selling in terms of mindset is many people, when they think of sales, they think of themselves on a stage making a presentation, right? And that's scary for a lot of people. But really, the truth is, don't make a presentation, have a conversation. That's the key. And that may sound like I'm kind of splitting hairs, but I'm not. Because ultimately, that's what sales boils down to is just having a good conversation with somebody and really kind of teasing out what their needs and desires are and getting down really at the bottom of it all, the emotional level and the drive for that. That's a really good point that you bring up, Brian. And I have to tell you that I am inclined to approach it as like a presentation. Here it is. Here's what you get. You know, here's all the shiny stuff you get instead of having the conversation. Mm-hmm. I have the conversation. Natalie, Natalie's more of the conversational Because I can person. talk to anybody. So yeah. I have that conversation and I try to hush Darla all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that, that, that is a really good point. And I do know that you, I think, Natalie, did you want to ask about that? Yeah, okay. I do. Because Darla downloaded your book, The Lovely, The Selling Formula. And she's already listened to chapter one and told me all about how I need to listen because I just need to listen to your voice. But you break (laughs) down the selling process into five steps. Can you tell me what those steps are? Sure, absolutely. So the first step is to connect with your prospect and set the agenda. And I'm going to share with you what the language sounds like when you set the agenda. It really is disarming when you connect with somebody this way. Secondly is an interview, which is critical. And I think that's all part and parcel of what you do now with your clientele. Um, And I'll discuss that a little bit. Then you present your solution. Just give them the best uh, feedback you can from the interview process. Then you share your pricing, your guarantees, and then close the deal. That last one, close the deal. That's that's <laughs> the one so I, easy. That's the one I think everybody struggles with is just closing the deal. one I struggle deal. with, yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. You know, it kind of feels like grinding the gears, doesn't it? After you've had a terrific conversation, you get down to pricing, and now it's time for someone to make a decision. So it feels like, where do I go from here, doesn't it? Yeah, for it sure. Does. Right? And so there's just a very simple thing you can say to somebody when you go to the pricing. And I'll share that with you in a minute. What I'd like to do is share the agenda setting conversation first and then how that relates back to pricing because you do that up front. And so what, what that sounds like is this. So, Natalie, what I'd like to do or – Uh, Darla, I'd like to share with you the key points of our conversation today. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I love it. Asking for permission. I love it. Exactly. In fact, it's even better to say, with your permission, I'd like to share the agenda for our conversation. It's just three points. Is that okay? First, I'm going to ask you some questions about your home. I'm going to ask you some questions about your desires and the things that you've been dreaming about. Then I'm going to share with you, kind of from a top-level view, all the different things that we offer to help you with that. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about pricing and what we can offer there. Okay? Sounds good. So what you've already done is set the stage for pricing in that case. So after you've gone through your conversation, at the end, you just simply say, now, what I'd like to do is share pricing with you. There's three options, and this is key. Most people come forth with a single option. And what I found over years of testing this is if you provide three options, it's very comfortable because then your prospect isn't saying yes or no, it's which one. 
And typically, what most people do is they'll choose the middle option. And there's something magical about threes. So if you give them an ABC or a one, two, three or option, whatever, they'll typically gravitate to the middle option. And so that's just something that makes the conversation very easy at the end is when you transition over to the pricing to you've already set that up front. So it's not a surprise. <laughs> and they're going to you're going to talk about pricing now. Isn't that funny? And psychologically, that's not it's not just in this technique where things in threes are appealing and design we have as interior designers, we set up things in threes. Photography has the rule of thirds. So, so psychologically, there is something to that for sure. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was wanting to ask you about, is this similar to doing like a good, better and best option? Like with the, with the lower price, middle tier price, and then a higher end option? Is that what we're thinking here as far as our options? It is. It's the concept, the psychological concept of anchoring. And this is this is different than mo most people think about. They tend to want to present price from the lowest to the highest. You don't want to do that. You want to present highest to lowest because what you do when you present the highest price first is you've anchored your clientele's mindset to the higher price. So anything below that feels better. Okay. So like, for example, like, well, I can speak for us. I know a lot of interior designers do this also, but you can say, okay, here's, here's option number one, Mr. and Mrs. Client. We have our very full service all done for you where you, all you have to do is sit by the pool. And then when you come home one day, your house is done. That's the high end. The middle end might be a little hybrid. You do some legwork. It's a little bit of consulting. We get some stuff for you. And then the very low end would be on an interior design side would be, kind of like a DIY consulting package. You go do all the legwork, present us with options, and we'll say, yeah, that's going to look the best. That's going to work well in your space. Which one of these do you think will work the best for you kind of thing with a with a pricing tier, something like that, or yes. am I off base? Okay, no, cool. it's, it's perfect because you're explaining the options up front. You're not giving price. And then a perfect follow-up is that. So as you kind of look at these options, which one do you think might make the most sense to consider? Ah, I love it. I want to throw a wrench into the thing here. Uh, well, okay, I, you I, and your tools. I do. I do want to throw a wrench <laughs> okay. because I'm sitting here listening and I love it. But let's say, for example, if you're an interior designer that works off the basis of where you go to a home, you check the home out and you tell your client, say, give us a couple days. We need to discuss this. We're going to fill out a complete proposal for you because you can't just pull it out of your hat, really. Hey, this is going to take 10 hours. It's going to take 12 hours. Were you really thinking hat? Well, I wasn't, but I was trying to be nice here. We have a nice polite guy here. So I was thinking, you know, you can't do that. So if you need that extra time to go back to the office to have that with your team, how do you present that pricing? Do you still do it in a, it could be this, this, and this, but we have to figure it out? That's or, a good question, yeah. You know, how... Did I throw a wrench good enough? No, because really, for the interior design side, sometimes the proposals and pricing can get really complicated. Not all the time. Not so all the time. Sometimes we still it's kind cut of and dry. Give them the anticipation of it could fall in one of these three range. Which proposal would you like us to work up? How would how would you go about that? I agree with the presenting the three options, the general concepts, saying I'm going to pull together three options for you. As you kind of think about these three options, which one seems to make the most sense? Even though I don't have pricing at this moment, what kind of resonates with you right now and kind of get a sense and you're not going to share price. But if they ask for price, maybe you have enough experience that you can present a range of pricing to give them kind of a kind of a reference before you come back. 
And I, I like that. I do too. And I think that's kind of where we're landing now is that we have a little bit of experience under our belt. We kind of know what range things are costing clients. So we can say it's going to be for $1 to a million. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a million to a dollar, Darla. Have you not listened oh, yes, to anything I'm sorry. Brian said? Look at that. She's a, you're a quick study. I am. Uh, I've said to some clients that say, you know, what's, what's it going to cost? I said, well, it's free until you buy it. <laughs> I like that. I'm like going to steal it. I'm, to- I'm totally they stealing it. They don't appreciate that, that mostly. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do. I get you, Brian. <laughs> Brian, from listening to your book from the first chapter, you teased about what's coming in the upcoming chapters, and it says, don't take notes on your sales calls with a laptop. Do it with pen to paper. Absolutely. There's something very powerful about sitting in front of your client and writing down answers to their questions. So there's there's several things I'd recommend with respect to that interview process. First is go ahead and get a piece of paper or a spreadsheet and write out three columns. Column one, now this may apply to furniture. It could apply to a specific room, but you'd write down the features of a product or service you offer, or it could be a package you offer. Then you want to write down each benefit related to a specific feature. Then after you write that in the second column, you write out appropriate questions that would elicit that benefit. So here's an example. Let's say you're selling, this is a widget, so to speak. You're selling pre-made home-cooked meals for two to six people. That's the feature. So just plug the feature in of whatever it is you're, you're talking about. Now, there's two benefits There are usually multiple benefits for a feature. So here are two benefits for that. Number one, it saves up to 60 minutes per meal, including food purchase, prep, and cooking time. Second benefit, just pull it out of the freezer and put it in the oven. Now, there's three questions that you would ask relative to these benefits. Number one, on a weekly basis, how many dinners do you cook for your family? Second question, how much time does it typically take you to make a dinner for your family? And the third question, and most importantly, now we're getting into the emotional level questions. If you could just pull your dinner out of the freezer, already prepared, and put it into the oven without having to think about it, how would that affect the frequency of your family meals? Okay, so let's let's apply that towards something for interior design. So let's say the product, or in this case, and it's not home-cooked meals, but let's say it's a remodeled kitchen. Okay. So let's 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 apply it in those terms. So the so we want to have three questions for that. So the first question would be... How often do you use your kitchen? How often do you use your kitchen? How it, functionable is your kitchen? Functionable? Yeah, like you... Functional. Have, functional. Yeah, functional, <laughs> function. Whatever, Darla. Amish, Amish. Amish problems. I know. And then what would the third one be in that instance? So I would flip it. You want to start first with the feature. So the, the feature is a, is a remodeled kitchen. This is a very broad feature, obviously. One of the benefits of the remodeled kitchen would be just the workflow, okay? What type of, uh, you'll save X minutes with a remodeled kitchen in terms of workflow. I'm just making this stuff up, obviously. Second benefit could be um, you can seat more people in the remodeled kitchen than you had in the past. Like if they like entertaining or if they want to throw parties or, or if that's important to them, sure. Exactly. So then that goes to what you just stated. How important would it be to you as a question to be able to entertain a group of people in your kitchen as opposed to what you do now? Okay. So well, I like that yeah, the because then you can change very, the island yeah. around and put it to it's an open kitchen so it faces all oh, your guests. Are you designing a kitchen right now? <laughs> in my head. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's say that that's it. That's the consultation. They, that's where we're starting out with. It's for a new kitchen design, and we're doing the columns, and we set those three up. So this is where in your five-step? This is step one, right? This is step two. Step that's two, preparing, okay. Preparing for the interview process. And so what, what I found works really well in front of a client or a prospect is write your questions down on a piece of paper and keep them in a portfolio and open up the portfolio and just say, with your permission, I'd like to ask you some questions about this current situation or your kitchen or whatever it is and um, take notes on the answers. Is that okay? And they say yes. And you ask them this. And so what are we setting up here for them to go into the next step? What we're doing is in terms of setting it up, we're creating in them a high level of trust that you know what the heck you're doing because you're asking very appropriate, very pointed questions and you're taking, uh, making notes on those answers. Okay, so after you've made done that interview, then you move into the discussion of the solution based on what you learned in that interview. And what's really key here is if when you're taking notes from the interview that you write down key phrases that you heard your client mention to you. And let's say that she talks about entertaining or he in the kitchen, or let's say that, gosh, I'd love to have one of those pot sinks over the the gas stove, you know, that kind of a thing. And then you go back and you say, you know, when we were talking about this, you mentioned that you'd love to have uh, the ability to entertain people in the kitchen. So if we could move this wall out over here, do you think that would provide some value to you? And you're just, you're going back into what they've already told you they'd like to do. And if you use the same phrases they've used, they can't argue with them. They're not your phrases, right? So, you spent all that money on your shiny new website, but how do you know it's getting the job done and attracting real-life clients? Are your photos optimized? Are your backlinks bending over backward to work for you? Have you lost the keys to your keywords? If all of this is making your head spin, don't worry. Wingnut Social's SEO website audit will answer all these questions and more. In fact, here is what you get when you purchase. Two hours of consulting with an expert. A crawlability check for broken links. Site performance. Metadata checks. Metadata is what helps Google know where to rank your page. On-page SEO. Length, messaging, duplicate content, mobile audit headers. There's just so much to learn. Yeah, keywords and content suggestions. You'll get a list of keywords for you to target and content suggestions for targeting them. And of course, those backlink audits to make sure they're going to help you or hurt you. Are they helping or hurting you? You'll find out by going to wingnutsocial.com services and just check out the SEO website audit. It is a one-time fee and it's a tremendous value. Now back to the show. That's what they've said their pain point is. They would like to entertain more. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Client, I can see how we can solve this. One could be by doing knocking out this wall, etc. And then like, oh yeah, if that would be amazing. We would love that. Then what? So you're presenting your solution, and this is where your expertise comes in, obviously, as you're thinking in your mind about the three tiers of capability for when you're going to make your final presentation, whether it's right then or if you have to go back and gather dollar amounts and represent it to them. Okay, so after we've done the consultation, we've gotten to the point where we say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, this is how we can help you solve this problem. Here's how we work. And I can do the pricing because Mm -hmm. I got it figured out. 
And we, we work in one of three ways. There's three different options. We go from the full service, the most expensive, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here just for the sake of our time and for the audience. Here's our middle tier and here's a lower tier. Based on what we've discussed and what I've just shared with you, which do you feel more inclined that you think you might be leaning toward or something like that? Would that be okay? Or yes, we could yes. do a lot so better <laughs> than on, what I just said. Based on these three options, which of the three do you think might make the most sense to consider? Might make okay. That's what that's the phrase might I was make trying to remember. The most sense to consider. That's actually mm-hmm. wonderful. The most sense to consider. Natalie will remember that more than I will because I have menopause and my memory is crap. <laughs> <laughs> What's beautiful about that approach is you're not. They're not making a commitment. They're just sharing their feelings with you. Love it. But are we getting some kind of commitment from them at the actual consultation? Like, for example, once once I've said, okay, I think we would really, really kind of want to consider that middle tier. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we, before we leave and send them a proposal, should we be getting some kind of commitment from them? And a budget. Yeah, yeah budget we need or a budget. I mean, a follow-up appointment or something? Absolutely. What, what, okay, okay, great. Let's talk about it. Yeah. That. So, this is where this may or may not apply with respect to interior design, but I'm going to share the concept. And that is, I always, my my mantra is always have an offer and a deadline. Now, I, d- I don't know if that's appropriate in this industry. However, there is always seems to be a way to create some kind of urgency. And so, let's say, okay, yeah, you know, I like the second option. That seems to make sense. I said, okay, well, here's the pricing for each of the options. And you give them the direct pricing. And by the way, I'm going to share the pricing with you, but we've got a discount we're offering that goes through the end of the month for new clients. And I'll share the regular pricing and then I'll share that discounted pricing with you. So then you set it up with the price. Here's package A, B, and C. Here's the pricing we we would charge for this in your kitchen. Now, through the end of the month, we're going to offer X percent off of this with your approval. If we get your approval by the end of the month. Oh, I like that. And that way, what you've done is everybody loves a discount. I don't care how small it is to know that they're being treated favorably. And so that's why I think it's critical that you create some discount scenario and some deadline for taking action. Because I would suspect that both of you have experienced calling back prospects early on and they keep putting you off, putting you off, putting you off. And finally, it's like, forget it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Or they call you six months or a year later and say, okay, guess what? I'm finally ready to do that kitchen because it's, these are big ticket items we're talking. And I like that you have that. There's some kind of deadline, some kind of reason to act sooner to sign. And I, I don't think it doesn't apply, right? That's a double negative. I think that could apply in the interior design industry. There's some designers listening that might not want to discount their services, but I think that would be very effective for but those that do. But if you charge enough, if but, you yeah, charge true. enough or you just make it up, a, you know, just Bring it up a little higher to where that five or ten percent doesn't hurt so bad. But another another thing that we have used pretty successfully to create a sense of urgency is to get in on the calendar, because we're so busy. And it's like Mr. and Mrs. Klein, if you want this kitchen done by Christmas or if you want it done by summer, your pipeline is really full. If you want to meet this deadline, then you'll have to get in on our calendar by such and such a date. So that's another idea too. It's not a saving so much uh, about you know for money but it helps solve that timeline pain point for them too. So that's just something else to consider. I think I like Brian's idea better. What I love about the calendar idea is so you could you could actually create a double, a double opportunity here. And that would be, I'm going to go ahead and provide you with the pricing for these options. And there's a discount we're running through the end of the month. But with that discount, we need you to give us a date 
that you get on our calendar because we are absolutely booked. So before I walk out of here, I just need your commitment for a tentative date when we could get started. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I I totally see why you have eight kids now. That was very persuasive. (laughs) (laughs) And if you act now, we'll give you free Ginsu Nice set, but wait. (laughs) You get a, a free set of encyclopedias. That's right. Remember? I do like that. Or the football I, phone. I, I really enjoy listening to all the different ideas and, and those that we bring in that are not in the interior, in the interior design, interior. Interior, interior <laughs> design world, but they, it's just, it can be applied. It's just such good information. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the idea of the calendar and the, the mm-hmm. I love it. I can't, I, I, yeah, my tongue's tied up, but yes. Yeah, I see that. But my wait. brain's like moving like a thousand miles an hour here and I, I just have all these ideas now. Yeah, I see that. So I've got one more one more caveat here that might be beneficial, and that's this question. And when you're wrapping things up and you're getting to the different packages before you even give the pricing, look at your prospect and say, what's going on right now in your home that would make you want to do this now as opposed to later? Oh, boy, that would put me on the spot if you asked me that. I think that would catch me off guard. What, what are we hoping they say? We're hoping we say we're hoping that they say, "Well, I am so sick and tired of this dang kitchen. I am ready to move forward with this, or I'm just tired of looking at the same old thing over and over. I've been talking about this for years. It's time to do something." Okay, all right, that makes a lot of sense. So you're really just building their pain point and drawing attention to how we can fix it again, reiterating yeah, you that. Can, I would you say, can okay. soften that in whatever way you see fit, but just a just a thought. So say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, how, what, when do you want to get rid of this ugly-ass kitchen? Would that be appropriate? <laughs> you know, with some prospects, it probably would be. Oh, with all of mine. I tell you. <laughs> because you got to find your ideal client where you can just speak freely here. <laughs> okay, Brian. So help me in not becoming aggressive and douchey on, this, on the sales. Because I know that the sales techniques now are a little bit different than they were, say, 25, 30 years ago. And that the people buying are really, they just you've, we've already established that safe space. We're asking them for permission to go through the process with them. What, where, what is the fine line between being overly aggressive or, and being you know, that safe space, that no like, and trust? I, I will be honest with you. The deadline and the pricing discount almost pushes that button for me to being a little over, overly salesy. And that, I think that's what I struggle with the most is being too aggressive in that way. So help me, help me soften that in my head. Sure. So I think a great question to ask somebody, if that doesn't feel right, is this, and this is very honest. If I could provide you with an incentive to choose one of our packages today, as opposed to some other time, would you be open to discussing that? Oh, see, okay. Now that I like it. That totally put me at ease. It it lowered my anxiety levels. I I think I like, for me personally, that's a better approach for me. Natalie, what do you think? You like the other one better? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it. I just, I do. I I guess I like them all. There's just so many different ways that he's given us so much good stuff. I will say that- It's killing me right now. Probably the first way is a lot more effective, and that's Natalie's wheelhouse is the sales, believe it or not, even though she's kind of like, right now. (laughs) The whole idea of asking that question, it, it doubled my sales years ago when I asked that simple question. So I'd be in this uncomfortable space we talked about where we have to close the deal now. We've done everything we know to do. We've had the conversation and now there's hesitation, which is normal, right? Because people don't want to part with their money. I don't know why, but <laughs> so you simply ask the question. So Darla, if I could provide you with some incentive to move forward now as opposed to later, would you be open to talking about that? And I would always say yes to that. 
And so, okay, great. So here's what I'd like to offer. If we receive your authorization by the end of the month, I can go ahead and give you an additional X percent discount off of this package. Fair enough? Yeah, I love that. Save me more money. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So speaking of money, let's talk about that a little bit, because I think we, I said before that the uh, interior design side can get a really expensive. And one of our biggest objections here, and I think we did touch on it with our good, better, best, is the expense and how our clients aren't fully educated or fully aware of how much interior design can cost. So our biggest objection here at Darla Powell Interiors is, oh, my gosh, that's a lot more money than I wanted to spend. That's a lot more than I thought it would be. And I always I always get put off by that a little bit. I always get like, oh, I'm too expensive. So well, Yeah, because mm-hmm. I can I can give you a, a great example of that, okay. Brian, that just um, happened to uh, Johanna and I the other day, our lead designer, Johanna Marat. Her and I were on a, a quick little consultation, and we were asking budget, you know, do you have a budget? Have you thought about it? Have you looked? And she said 25000 was her budget for some furnishings. And Johanna and I had a side conversation later. And I said, you know, I said $25,000. I go, that's a pretty good budget. I said, but if she wants to include the interior design side, it seems like it needs to be a little higher. If she wants an interior designer to come in and do all the spaces for 25, our services plus the furnishings. So I think that's what we run into. You know, if they do have a healthy budget, they their healthy budget, we take a percent of that budget and they need to like bring their it's like how do you nicely tell them that that's a great budget but it needs to be a little higher you know i think that the answer to that question in my mind is up front when you do the interview i think it's a fair question to ask have you ever have you ever hired an interior designer to work with you in the past right and we, we usually ex- do that in in a I, yeah, I'm trying the to in the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. She didn't fill it out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, I asked her if she got it. Oh, I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. it happens. As long as that question gets answered, then you know what direction you need to go in order to really set the expectations at the end of the conversation where you're not blown out of the water at a low budget. That's my opinion. Okay, so what if they go, what if they just say, oh, that's just too expensive? I, I can't afford you the end. Do we just catch and release or do we try to say, well, Mr. and Mrs. Client, what, what did you have in mind? What is too expensive? Do we try to sell our value there or where, where, do, when do we cut our losses and how do we meet those objections? I, I think the best comeback for it's, it's too expensive is, is to say, well, compared to what? And then what? what? You, then what you sit there you, and be quiet. <laughs> yeah, you say, well, or, or just follow up with what were you thinking? You know, what What did you have in your mind in terms of what you wanted to see happen? And let them just explain it. And then that's when you can hit them with the lower package. Yeah, and, there's a, and here's a way we can close that gap, I think. And this is an option. Okay. And, and then, the, again, always at the end of the day, they just might not be your client. There might be a point to where you're just $5,000, you're not going to be able to do a kitchen, and you've made a great rapport. If we you've can been, do a kitchen for $5,000, sign me up. Yeah, right. And we've been honest with them, <laughs> so we've left them with good you know, feelings. They don't think we're sketchy, but yeah, no. A $5,000 kitchen, we're going to say, well, <laughs> maybe this isn't a good fit. But on your intake and on your questionnaire and stuff, hopefully you guys have filters to kind of weed those out before you go out on the consultation. In the interior design world, we go back and forth for consultations. Do we charge or do we not charge for a consultation? In an instant like this where we're trying to go ahead and close the deal, close the sale, in your opinion, should we charge for that consultation or should we go into the consultation as a free 30-minute, hour-long consultation with this sales technique expecting to close the deal at the end? 
Wow. That's a loaded question. It is. I've personally thought of charging for my consultations in the industry that I serve, which is banks and credit unions, my other business. But uh, at the end of the day, a consult is really up to you whether it makes sense to charge. And if you're going to charge, obviously, it's kind of like the the auto mechanic who says, you know, it's $90 to diagnose it. But if you go ahead and use us, we'll take the $90 off. Mm-hmm. So that might be an approach to consider. We have talked about maybe doing that as well. But your time is worth something and it's very valuable. So I don't have a direct answer for that. I think that's kind of a hard decision for you guys. I think it is based on the individual. We are experimenting now with doing a free consultation. It's shorter and the takeaways on the consultation aren't anywhere near what they were in the paid consultation. So we we are experimenting to see what works best for us. But we actually have signed a couple of pretty good clients from the non-paid consultation. We have. Yeah. A friend of ours, and she's actually coming on a future episode, Sandra Funk, she does not charge for her consultations, but she also has an incredibly robust vetting system before the consultation. And I think that that's key. I think it I think I agree with Brian. It is kind of whatever you're comfortable with. I just I love to get another opinion just, you know, since we're running all this beta testing <laughs> of, of if <laughs> we're charging if we're we're not and he seems like an expert on the matter, so I just ask. He se- he is an expert on the matter. I know he is. Brian, thank you so much for giving us this tips, but now I have to ask you if you're ready for the what up wingnut round. Now, it's time for what up wingnut. Wingnut. Brian Robinson, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a banyan tree in Hawaii. The limbs drop roots and keep growing out further. I tend to go deeply into a subject then look for something else to kind of captivate me, grow roots, and then grow out further again. I love that. We have banyans here in Miami, too. Those are really nice trees. We actually have one in our yard. Mm -hmm. We have a couple, I think. Yes, we do. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I love you. Aww. That made me all for (laughs) clumped. If you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? It would be, and I don't know if this is a real superpower, but I'm making it up, emotional x-ray vision so I could see and understand the heart motivations of others and speak in their language to bring hope and encouragement to them. And it would make you the world's best salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. That's, I love that. That's a first. We have, I think all these are first so far. Yeah, they are. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. Definitely. The Compassionate Samurai by Brian Clemmer. He talks about how to be extraordinary in a world of ordinary. And of course, the selling formula. (laughs) (laughs) I already plugged that in your intro and I already bought it. I already told the wingnuts. And please remind the wingnuts if they want to get that book from Amazon. It's on Audible. And where else can they find it? And where can they reach out to you if they want to get some more amazing sales techniques? Thanks. They can go to brianrobinson.me, M-E, and They've, I've also got a gift for your listeners. They can get the first three chapters of my Audible book, The Selling Formula, by going to brianrobinsonbook.com. That's B-R-I-A-N robinsonbook.com. Oh, I expect a prorated refund there, Brian. Don't give her any cash app. Yeah. Okay. This is this is not a paid plug, but I have to tell you guys, it's really amazing so far. I've only gotten through chapter one, but Brian, as you can tell, is very easy to listen to. It's it's all broken down really, really nicely, and I'm, I'm I can't wait to listen to the rest. So thank you. No, thank you, Brian. We really appreciate you coming on the show and tolerating our silly wingnut questions and imparting this sales wisdom to our listeners. You have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. Natalie Ingram. Yes. Doesn't he have like the best voice ever? He does, actually. Really nice, right? I could listen to him forever. Or I could listen to an entire audiobook. 
I know he is. He's definitely very easy to listen to. I my brain is spinning. I really loved what Nikki said, and I think what Nikki said in our in our prior podcast, and now what Brian said. The two of them together, there is a happy medium for interior designers. I mean, they gave us so many things that we can combine from both of their steps. I can't wait to go to another consultation. I have to say, I'm really kind of surprised with how much you're digging the whole sales thing. I I really see you getting into this and your eyes are lighting up. I think you're enjoying learning. I did. I already did what Nikki said. Now I can't wait to implement what Brian said. I think you like sales. Yeah, maybe. Wow, I think we've I think we found your little niche there. Maybe that's that's pretty interesting. For the interior design side, yes. Who would have seen that coming? Okay, guys, don't forget on Christmas Day, which is our Wednesday, we have the best of blooper show. Merry Christmas! <laughs> we get to hear us just be ridiculous for the entire show. At the end of every episode, we have bloopers because we make plenty. And New Year's Day will be the next time our long form episode airs. And we will have a special treat for you produced by moi. Oh, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Be ready. It is going to be about the things that we've learned throughout the year from our guests and how to implement them on your own design business. Speaking of a year, Natalie, you know, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. We just kind of let that anniversary come and go. We didn't. We had with no fanfare. Well, you and I aren't really big on we're not fanfare-y. on anniversaries and we're celebrating, fairy, but not fanfare. <laughs> Just because, yeah, you sprinkle pixie dust wherever you go. Yeah, so Christmas Day, the blooper special, which is going to be pee in your pants, hilarious. <laughs> At least I think it is. And New Year's Day will be my special of the things that we've learned because Darla says I learn something every time we do a podcast. So I'm going to try to point out to you a few of the little things. I already have a bunch going on in my head right now. Ellen Danik, you're going to need to eat a lot of bread before that episode because you're going to have to drink quite a lot. Yes, thinking, you are. Well, it's New Year's Day. It's New Year's Day. You can drink. Take it easy or the, night before. the night before. Mm. Okay, guys. So if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever you listen to this podcast on be sure to follow us on social at wingnut social and give us a call at 1877 wingnut so we can handle all of your interior design marketing needs and that's it for today night got anything else nope merry christmas merry christmas You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. It's the hard knock life for us. Do you need to get that? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> okay. That's My kid is gone. That's a good They're on a conference call. <laughs> Money, Dad. Come on, Tubby. Oh, you just did not. <laughs> Good boy, Mango.